0: Welcome to pardon the confusion. You listen to us once, you'll come back for a second time. Ernest, is that a good slogan for us?
1: <laughs> Boy, what was it? If you, there was some product when I was a kid, try us once and you'll never go back to the other competitor. I think it was a razor blade or something.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I think that was Chic Blades or Schick.
0: something. That's yes,
1: awful. I think try us once and you'll never go back.
0: Yeah, so I think if you cut yourself with a Chic blade, you say something very close to that. Oh, um.
1: I, I used to <laughs> nick my face up and, and take the little toilet paper and stick it on me all over the little nicks and bumps, and that's not as bad as, as when I was five. I'd seen the commercials. My dad was a big Vitalis guy, and the commercials- ways I
0: explain what Vitalis is.
1: This slimy little flu. <laughs> you grease up your hair yeah be like and stay greasy all day long, yes, but the commercial was a thirty second workout. It meant that you scrub the Vitalis in your hair to invigorate the follicles, but well dumb me at five years old. I clopped it on my head and took my dad's old pocket watch and put it for thirty seconds and just watched it and, and my dad came in, what are you doing <laughs> thirty second workout dad thirty second workout,
0: yeah he yeah.
1: he had a good laugh
0: at yeah. I know, good old days. All right. That's so, this blues, this is really blues. a sports podcast, believe it or not. But yes. we, we talk all things super manly because we're super manly, right, Ernest?
1: Yes, yes. We <laughs> can change our own tires on a vehicle.
0: Oh, yes, we definitely. Got, but got now got I pay a, for people to do it.
1: Yes. But now we can check the air pressure and our own tires. We can change the oil. Yes. We, can. we are manly men.
0: Manly men. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we'll get to sports here. But uh, so this last week, I've been super busy, but I wasn't too busy to see a controversial situation um, with my beloved University of Michigan Wolverines. I go to a lot of basketball games every year. I'm a big fan of John Bieland when he was here, and then really happy Juwan Howard came. I liked what Juwan Howard came with his passion and his experience with the pros. And we had a hint that his passion sometimes got away from him last year when he almost got a fight with Mark Bergeron from uh, Maryland, the coach there. Um, and if you didn't it's, see it, it, I bet you did. It's about um, a
1: fight that it made Bergeron quit basketball. Yeah. He's no longer to coach anymore. Yeah.
0: So Jawan Howard's team has been bumping along this year. He got a lot of great recruits, but they just haven't melded like he thought. And so when Wisconsin was up 15 with like, 15, 30 seconds to go. The other coach called a timeout and Jawan Howard didn't like it, said something sort of at that time. And then when they went to shake hands, Howard was not going to shake his hand off. It was just going to blow by him. And the Wisconsin guard, he's he, how do you say his name? G A R D, right? Guard. Yes, yeah. Guard. He didn't like that. So he grabs, uh, Howard sort of at the mid drift area, like around his chest or arm and said, Hey, wait a second. This is why I did it. Like, He was confronting Howard a little bit. And Howard says, don't touch me, right? Don't touch me. And then they started getting mad. So the players and the assistant coach trying to separate him because they see this wasn't good. And then a lot of mishmash happened. But Howard decided to try to get back in it and punch guard. But instead, he sort of hand-slapped the assistant coach. His players rushed to it. So the whole deal happened. It was on TV. And if you don't know the story, um, Jawan Howard got suspended for five games. He won't coach again until the Big Ten tournament. Guard didn't get suspended, but he got fined for ten grand. Jawan Howard got fined for forty grand. So,
1: and three players and three game suspension, two for Michigan, one for Wisconsin.
0: So it's come up with a big discussion now. First of all, Howard was wrong. Guard is a punk. But the bottom line is, coaches got to be above. That kind of stuff. Even if they don't like what the other guy, if he's punking you, you can't be just getting into it. And Howard says, I was wrong. I won't do it again. No excuses. But he did not apologize to guard one lick. Um, and some people in Michigan are saying, yeah, he was wrong, but the other coach wasn't innocent either. So now I turn it to Ernest Watts, Mr. Yeah, for, Objectivity himself.
1: Former junior college basketball coach.
0: There, throw that buddy in.
1: I, I got to go with my legitimates in there. Okay. First so all, your
0: take on the deal.
1: Okay, a little background, because everybody's at fault here. Uh, For starters, uh, it's not been the year Michigan's expected. Wisconsin plays a very physical defense. They are a physical team. They use all their fouls up. Okay, it was at Wisconsin. Uh, The crowd was chanting NIT, NIT for Michigan. So that was a little salt in the wounds. Now, guard did call the timeout. But now Michigan was pressing full court. Okay. You're down double digits with less than a minute to go. Why are you pressing? Right. That's not why good. why are you doing that? And guard claims he called timeout because he had his scrubs in there and they had three seconds left, ten second backcourt count. Okay. You know, guys, just just run the clock. It was over. All right. There was no sense in that. Uh you don't put hands on the man. Guard shouldn't have done that. Guard should have been suspended one game. All right? Now, I've heard a lot of calls about we need to get rid of the handshake line. I, I have, The handshake line's okay. You'll see a lot of coaches, they'll do the cold fish handshake. You know, just stick the hand in, keep on going. Might as well high five if that's what you're going to do. <laughs> but uh, I think there was a lot of resentment built up. and And, again, guard... He teaches physicality. They have a physical offense, very physical team. And I think I think he felt like he was disrespected and yelled at. Uh, I go back. My philosophy is again, don't don't press. And at the same time, you know, just don't don't worry about working the clock. Just run the clock out. Take the 10 second count. Turn the ball over. Okay, you're gonna win. I think it was another sport, but PJ Flick was quoted. Uh, he played Iowa this year. And uh, they called three timeouts in the last minute and they were winning by twenty-some points. Mm. And they went to PJ Flett. And PJ said, Listen, the guys over there are paid to win. We're paid to win. We just we just weren't good enough. Okay. And he's got his timeouts, he can call it. It falls on us. We're here to prepare these young men for adverse situations. So I'm not going to blame another coach for doing that. It's, it's like, you know, coaches run up the score, play a better defense. You, you only control what your team is doing. Now, coaches set an example for the players in the team, and neither guard nor Jawan Howard set a very good example. Guard should have known in the heat of battle to explain yourself. He has a they both have press conferences afterwards then you can lay it down you can legitimately say what you're saying you know and, and Wisconsin's fighting for first place in, in the in the division and they're looking the NCAA seating and I can see emotions run high but that's when you got to step back and that's that's you know Mary uh the assistant coach needs to pull Howard that's I I also fault the assistant coaches. Because they're the ones who have the ears of the head coach. And they're the ones. Who, Phil Martelli, who has a temper too, uh, should have pulled Juwan Howard and said, let it go. Game's over. You can't change the score. You know, and it'll be forgotten. I know mean, a lot of people trotted out. And that's not why Mark Turgeon retired. Mark Turgeon had been the last couple of years in the funk. And uh, so that's, you know, that wasn't it. These situations have. Listen, I used to see Lefty Giselle throw chairs.
0: <laughs> Bobby I Knight.
1: Mean, had, Bobby Knight throw chair. I mean, I used to see coaches do this all the time. But, you know, now they're all together. They all play golf together in the Nike or the Adidas little sessions they have in the summer session. So, you know, this is, you know.
0: Well, Juwan let me Howard's, add a few more things to this.
1: Okay, and Juwan Howard came from the Miami process. Right. Which is, so, is you know, the, the chip on the shoulder from the heat, but
0: go ahead. Well, so the also from Chicago. So the, the implication, so Chicago, here's the racial Congress? thing. Here's the racial thing that they're not talking about. And I've seen it in little ways since John Wan Howard got hired at Michigan. He did not pay his dues. It's perceived by some coaches in basketball. He did not pay his dues in college basketball. He does not know what he's doing. He's, He's naive. He doesn't really get it. He doesn't understand it. And therefore other coaches in the big 10 and other places have sort of put him down a little bit that if it wasn't for Phil Martelli, he wouldn't know what he's doing. And I think that's a little bit what's playing in guard. Like guard felt he had to explain himself like, Oh yeah, Juwan, if you were really a college coach, you'd understand about this stuff. And it's not the only time that's happened. And I think it's, sort of demeaning to Juwan a little bit. And I think Duan, Juwan won't take it. I love the uh, competitiveness, Juwan. I love that part. But he, he has to step it up. He has to know when to be the bigger man and just say, you're a jerk. Get out of my face. I'm not going to talk to you. You know, because Guard is a punk. I've, I, I've already made that point. But Juwan was wrong, too. So there's a little bit of racism, I think, and a little bit of you didn't pay your dues to get where you're at. Do you think that's true, too?
1: Well, it might be, but but he's not the only one in the conference. I mean, Mike Woodson is relatively young. Now, both of them had experience coaching in the NBA. I mean, he, he's had his dues being an NBA coach. Ben Johnson's the youngest coach over at Minnesota. And, you know, that's, that's the, what you're seeing is the younger African-American coaches. That's what's coming in now. That's Penny Hardaway at Memphis. That's uh, Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. I mean that you're seeing younger guys who went to those schools, mm-hmm. and again, I don't, I don't think there's a perception he hasn't paid his dues because he was a for a long time assistant coach.
0: For Not in college basketball, though. I think there's a yeah, little.
1: Yeah, but do, do you think they feel that way to Mike Woodson because that's the same experience? Yeah. he was a head coach. At the Knicks. Uh,
0: I don't know. But he was there an was assistant- one Gar got in trouble last year and I was doing some research just saying, you know, what was his statement instead? I found articles from last year where his players confronted him the way he was treating them, um, in practices in other oh, places. Yeah. Supposedly
1: so, made a, uh, used a colloquialism for African American players. Well, uh, right. Transfer made that claim on him. Yeah. But that's, that's, the Wisconsin, I mean, Bo Ryan was the same way. Uh, they play very, very physical. They play, I mean, they use all their fouls. And even offensively, they're known for, you know, they throw some rough physical screens. And it's a it's a team that practically has three African-Americans on the team. It's the whitest team in college basketball. And it has this reputation of, of guys that, don't have the fist, don't have the athletic ability, but gym rats. You know. You know. Like their player,
0: Jim, Davison is known as like the yeah. Grayson Allen of the Wisconsin team.
1: But but Davis, who's going to be a first round draft pick, is their best player, a little point guard. Yeah. But yeah, the whole I mean the gym Rats and you know, they, they hard screens and they play very physical defense. And I think that's that's part of how they play in their tradition. It's, um, you know, very. It's, it's almost like Georgetown used to have that 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 reputation for physicality. They have a reputation.
0: So it hit really at an interesting time because no more football right now, right? Olympics wound up, and so it just hit all the news. I can't think of anything. What other top news should we be talking about right now besides baseball not happening?
1: uh, We're not going to talk about the USFL draft? Okay. I Um,
0: will. You you know the number one draft of all USFL. I texted you saying this is a sad commentary in USFL if they draft Shea Patterson as the number one pick overall who left Michigan two years ago under a cloud of incompetency.
1: I will only say this and we will move on because people will be clicking the dot. I
0: know. No more Michigan,
1: please. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. USFL. I found it interesting that they, you know, a lot of these leagues that have. We've had the last few years the XFL, which is coming back as a subsidiary or a practice league for the NFL, and the AAF kind of drafted NFL rejects, older quarterbacks, and and they tend to draft a lot of guys who who've only been out of college a couple of years, and that's a fascinating route to go. So that's the end of our USFL talk. Okay, that's all. Right, all,
0: right. That's
1: all okay. Uh we can talk about that abomination which they call the NBA All Star Game.
0: I didn't watch a single second of it, man. I'm just I, I did
1: watch the only thing I watched for, and I'm glad I switched over to it. And again, it's 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 getting where baseball star games I don't want to watch. But I didn't watch the slam dunk, I didn't watch the skills, I didn't watch the three pointer, but I did watch the introduction of the seventy five greatest players at halftime. Yeah. Uh, Which, uh, here's the amazing thing. When they did the... 50? 50, 50, which was 25 years ago. So that was 96? Yeah, 97, 96. Uh, All 50 were there alive, but one. And the only one that was not there was because he was dead, was Pete Maravich. This year, there were 20 that were dead. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was a good another 20 that did not attend. Now they did this white screen where they were waving and they filmed it. And, uh, and the other fascinating thing is they announced it in order of 75 to one. And you know, who number one was Michael. Uh, Yes. Yes. And, And I just found it fascinating that, that a lot of guys and I'd forgotten like Moses Malone is only one year was was only one year older than me. How many of these guys had passed away? Even Wilt was there in in '96. So it's it's and I grew up watching the majority of these guys. The only ones I didn't see play were Mikan. I didn't see Mikan, but the other seventy-four I I've seen play. And it just kind of it was it was bittersweet and sad it was sad to see George Gervin having to use a cane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the guys who, you, you know, and how frail Bill Russell looked, but, but again, you know, that's, that's the nature of things. I was fascinating to see John Stockton's response. He actually showed up because as you know, Stockton has, has been very anti-vax to the point that he has banned from his alma mater attending games. Yeah. And it was kind of a lukewarm applause <laughs> for him. But it was, like I
0: said, it was nice to see. Talk about Jim rats.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Bob Cousy was, he filmed him, but he seemed pretty spry. And uh, uh quick, quick story about Bob Cousy. When they filmed the movie uh, Blue Chips, yep. Nick Nolte and Penny Hardaway and Shaq, there's a scene where nick nolte comes up to bob He plays the ad at the college and when they filmed the scene he's shooting free throws well you don't count it but he hits 30 in a row and they asked the director i mean how many takes did you have to he said none (laughs) that wasn't even in the script you know, Nolte was supposed to talk to Cousy and deliver his lines and Kuzey do his lines. And Kuzey just naturally had the basketball and started shooting and hit 30 in a row. And uh, it's uh, underrated. A lot of these guys, it's, it's I'm of the age and, and you are to a certain extent. Uh, you know, the younger generation doesn't know the, the, the moves of George Gervin. Or Elgin Baylor, or, or Wilt, or even Jabbar to that extent, and it's it's sad that the, you know people look at and think uh, you know these guys couldn't be successful today. And there's a lot of those players that I think would be you know, Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain would be just as I don't know if he averaged 50 points for a season, but I think he'd be
0: an all-star. Well, let's go to controversy a little bit. Who All didn't right. make the 75 list that you think should have?
1: Oh wow. You know, Dwight Howard was was one. I'm trying to think who else was. Somebody
0: up. said Draymond Green should have made it. Uh,
1: Draymond probably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So did Kawhi make it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He made it.
0: I can't believe Chris Paul's number twenty nine. That seemed a little high to me. I don't I don't think he's that. Uh,
1: I think he's isn't he above Isaiah. I think. Yeah, or I, like? yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think for somebody who's never won a championship,
0: I think Steph Curry should have been higher than sixteen. Myself, I think he's better yeah, than Kevin Durant. Come on,
1: to me, it's Steph's top ten. We, you know, we've talked about this. I think he was better, better than quote Kobe. But you know, Kobe, it's it's a lot to do with, with you know a lot of the players playing now. That's who they. Idolized, and, and also the tragedy of, of him and his daughter's death. I think that plays into a lot of it. Right, but you know, it's 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 hard to choose. I mean, a lot of there aren't that many people that remember seeing George Mikan. I mean, George Mikan made him change the rule.
0: Yeah, he, and Willis and then, Reed, he had the moment, the really great, you know, heroic okay. comeback for the Knicks. But besides that, does he really deserve to be in the top seventy-five?
1: Well, took him to the finals twice. Um, again, New York tends to, if you play in New York and Los Angeles or Boston, your your career tends to be inflated quite a bit. I mean, Dave DeBuscher was, was, to me, a better player than, than he was. Uh, Bill Bradley, I think, is severely overrated. Bill Bradley was an average basketball player, but he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame, and I, I don't understand why that is so. I mean, it's just, there. Are, JoJo White's another one that gets a lot of credit, and I thought he was decent, but the fact that he played there. And then there are guys who, who played that I don't think they their due. I think Jerry West today would still average 25 points a game.
0: But do you think Shaq should have been in the top 10 instead of Kobe? Yes,
1: yes. Yes. Shaq was, at, see, the problem is when players have retired, there's a theory in psychology which is called the latency theory, which means you remember the last time you see someone. That's that's the predominant image. That's the middle image that you create. And so, for a lot of us, a lot of people, they think fat Shaq, okay? They think of him with Miami and Phoenix and Cleveland and Pushing three and a half bills, but they don't realize when he first came in with with Orlando in his first those three championship years with Los Angeles. I mean, they they couldn't officiate him. I mean, he was quick, fast, large, and he didn't get the benefit. He never got the foul calls. I mean, when he and that's back when he played defense. And you know, we look at the latter part of the career. It's it's same extent I think with Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was Defensive Player of the Year five years in a row. He's a six-year All-Star, but we we think of the last few years.
0: Well, it's like Elijah Wan was so dominant for like five years. There was nobody could really yeah. stop him, and then he had a quick sort of downturn. But in those t- five years, I think he was as good as anybody on the court.
1: Yeah, it, it goes back, and it goes this. This goes upon all sports when you look at greatness. Do you look at length or you look for that that brief period when they were incandescent? I mean, and that goes across all sports. I mean, Gail Sayers only had three productive years, but he was such amazing the ability of what he could do on the field. And you compare him to someone like Emmett Smith, who was, you know, lasted much longer, but but never was that flashy. In baseball, it's, it's the Sandy Koufax. Koufax only had four good years. I mean, the majority of his career, he was an under 500 pitcher. But from 61 to 66, he was untouchable. And do you look at somebody and, and do you judge their career with their Hall of Fame on a short period of time? Or do you look at for length? Uh, you know, is Frank Gore a Hall of Famer in football? Uh, played till he's 35. He's, I think. Frank Gore is the fifth. Ranks fifth in total yardage for a running back, but to me, Frank Gore's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but people yeah. look at the numbers and they go, "Well, he, he's a compiler. He played a long time." You mm. uh, know, that's that's, and it's true in all the sports. You look at guys like that, and you, you know, I look at guys differently. I, you know, uh, Bill James who wrote, used to write some fantastic stuff about baseball. He used to always get the Bill James baseball guy. Bill James's um, purpose, when he looked at guys, and he said when he was judging Hall of Fame, he never looked at numbers. He looked at the guy and said, was he the best at his position for that period of time that he played? And if the answer is yes, he's a Hall of Famer. Mm. Because he said the problem is when you judge by numbers, it's always a downward progression. Because you'll go like, well, his numbers are close to so-and-so, and so-and-so's Hall of Fame. In baseball, the, the big argument is Jeff Kent. Why isn't Jeff Kent in the Hall of Fame? Two-time MVP, and his numbers compare very much to Jeff Bagwell, another second baseman. And Bagwell is in the Hall of Fame. But
0: baseball judges the character, and if you're a jerk or questionable, they'll keep you out more than any other Hall of Fame.
1: Do they really? Ty Cobb was so. a racist that probably killed a man. Babe Ruth was uh, suffered from venereal disease and was drunk. Yeah,
0: it's before mass media and all that. You Mickey know.
1: Mantle was an alcoholic who who illegally got moved up the transplant leading a liver when he did not qualify under AMA. Standards. But that was
0: after he's in. <laughs> that was after he was in the Hall of Fame. So. I get your point that maybe baseball has its characters like anything else, but I think Baseball Hall of Fame, like the whole issue with the steroids and things like that, performance, if it was not illegal back when they did it, how can you truly keep them out when it wasn't legal then? Yes, it became illegal later, but I don't know. And then even in football, you had a lot of steroids too.
1: Well, baseball, you put it in and you put it on the plaque his numbers were inflated by steroids. <laughs> just I have mean, the
0: scarlet S on there. Is that what yeah, you're
1: saying? Yeah, well, not an S. I mean, just acknowledge it if it's in the room. I mean, uh, would Barry Bonds have been in the Hall of Fame if yes. if, if his career had ended yep. in Pittsburgh? Yep. Yeah. Would Clemens' yep. career have been a Hall of Fame if, before he left uh, Boston? Yeah. Yeah, so they're in. You know, Sosa, no. I mean, he was an average outfielder, with the uh, with the Rangers and the White Sox, would Arod be in the Hall of Fame without steroids? Yeah, yeah I
0: think so. Martin McGuire,
1: mm, yeah, uh, you think so? take, Oakland, take the Oakland years. Yeah. Jose
0: Canseco hasn't made it.
1: Oh, he never will. He ratted everybody out. <laughs> he, he's the worst of all worlds. Okay,
0: he so sport. that leads to the he question:
1: He was a rat and he did cheat.
0: Which base? Which sport? Major sport has the the. Biggest code of, you know, honor type of thing. Like, you don't rat on each other. You you close ranks. You you hang in with your brothers.
1: That's hockey. Because they'll do physical damage to you.
0: <laughs> that's the art of retribution in hockey.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll take you in the corner and that's it. I mean, it used to be in all sports, but with free agency and, and, and you know, you see it in football now. You know, when the game ends, everybody goes, shakes hands. Used to be, you just go to the locker room. But now players have played in so many switching jerseys, signing jerseys. Oh yeah, jerseys. yeah. I mean, you know, they chase them for all for four quarters, and then they go get the jersey signed. So yeah, hockey is the only one that I think retribution is still in there. I mean, that's uh, what's the guy in Boston? Name escapes me. If I oh, Marchan. Yeah, he's a Brad dirty Marchand, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna say he's you know,
0: good, but he's dirty as all get out.
1: Oh yeah, hey, you know he's had payback and all that. This
0: is price he's still skating upright for all the hits he's taken.
1: It's it's a fascinating if you take it collectively, and we're talking about sports, is is greatness. What is greatness? And I, I think people tried to equate it with certain things like five hundred home runs or three hundred wins in baseball, or the number of Super Bowls you win, or NBA titles, or Stanley Cups. And I think we as human nature, we're kind of lazy, is is we like easy definitions on what is some good and great. But in sports, you have to almost look at it on a case-by-case basis. You know, to, to me, it, it's kind of like, uh, what was it, uh, the attorney, uh, the famous case of uh, pornography that came before the Supreme Court, and the chief justice says, uh, I'll know it when I see it, because they're trying to. Think of the, uh, what is the definition for? I think true greatness you see it, you know it. You don't have to. If you have to sit there and make an argument about it, then they're not a Hall of Famer. Okay. I mean, who 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 do you who do you think should have made the seventy five?
0: Oh, I I gave you all the information I had earlier. Oh. <laughs> I didn't watch that part. I only read about it afterwards. I thought it was cool that LJ, I mean, um, M. J. and LeBron were there. I think and hugging. Yeah, well,
1: I, that was a big day for MJ because see, his race car was second to Daytona. Yeah, he gets on a plane, flies to the All Star Game, gets named the greatest basketball player of all time. That's a good day.
0: That's a that, good day. That's mighty, and did, mighty, um nice. Did North Carolina win also that day?
1: No, they had won the day before on Saturday.
0: Yeah, still a but pretty good day.
1: I was gonna say how many guys get to. Your, your race car gets second in Daytona, Bubba Wallace, and then you get named the greatest basketball player of all time. That's a pretty nice. I don't know if you could top that. And and have a young uh, Cuban-American wife to go Oh, with.
0: you had That's to go thing. there. You had At
1: to. a golf course, in your own golf course.
0: You're saying Does you want appeal- to be like Mike. Is that what you're saying?
1: Does that appeal to you? Would you like to have your own golf course?
0: <laughs> of course. Of you course,
1: any time you want it through there yeah. may
0: be some people here that missed that reference i didn't see that commercial i'm gonna be like mike remember that commercial
1: That was yeah that's gonna be 90s so so yeah i still hum the song gatorade yeah, yeah and again and again he makes shoes they come out with a new pair every year cha-ching cha-ching i mean he, he he's i get he's a, the winner and and like i said i don't if you're 76 or 77, I think uh, Thompson had a big problem that he wasn't a top 75. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, he's the third wheel. I mean, it's, it's Curry Draymond, and Thompson, or sometimes he's been the fourth wheel when Durant was there. So I think that's the only player I've seen that really got their nose out of joint. Howard didn't say anything. But, um, yeah,
0: but Thompson's been hurt so much. It's like you said, the most recent thing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. and it was also fascinating to see that uh, Pierce and Garnett had made it up with Ray Allen. They all hugged each other, because when Ray Allen left the Celtics to go to the heat, yeah, there, there was some, some nastiness between all of them. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, the libations had flown already, so... Everybody was feeling pretty good about that.
0: So, one quick question. Did Chris Weber make Top 75? No. I didn't think he did, but... Was he that. shouldn't.
1: He shouldn't. <laughs> it was, he was... He, he made the Hall couple, of
0: Fame, though, right?
1: Uh, I guess... I And is that more for Michigan, or is that...
0: I know, I know. Is that more for just being the Fab Five or actually playing the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, his career is not that much more different than Jawan or, or Jalen Rose. I mean, they were good players. I mean, they took teams to, to conference championships. But I don't... I don't know. Who's the greatest player to come out of Michigan?
0: Hmm. Basketball player. The greatest basketball player. Put you on the spot there. Oh, Cassie Russell, just because of how he changed the game. That's an old player back in... Uh, the se- late '60s, early '70s, and they said that the stadium was the house that Kazi built, and he was amazing for his time. He had a decent co- pro career, but not fantastic. Yeah, I never
1: was a starter, a six man. Boy, you, you surprised me because I would have picked an MVP of the All Star Game. The guy with the most smoothest shooting form I've ever seen on anybody, Glenn Rice.
0: Yeah, he he really, but he seemed like a one dimensional player to me. He could shoot it, but he—I don't remember him rebounding, or handling the ball, or playing great defense. He was just a strict shooter, in my book.
1: But he had the prettiest shot. He really did. Always. Yeah. I mean, he was so smooth. And
0: that's what Sarah and, Palin said. No, boom, I was going to say, I, sorry, I, sorry. Did I say that? Yes. All right, let's switch yes. gears. All, All right. right, we got about ten more minutes. It's a shortened version of Pardon the Confusion oh, okay. tonight. So, what else do you want to talk about, Mr. Ernest?
1: Uh baseball we're not gonna see it for a while. I I think they're entrenched. They're not talking. This this unfortunately reminds me of ninety five. It really does. And ninety five we lost the World Series. I don't know if we'll have baseball for May right now. Or if yeah well you know they already uh, there are some things that the players had agreed to that they've said if if you reduce games, which means reduce pay, uh, we got to go back and renegotiate that. They, they had re, they negotiated the universal DH. Right. They had negotiated ads on the helmets and the uniforms. Boo, 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 and they had negotiated the uh, expanded playoffs. Those things, you know, they get the little things out of the way, so to speak.
0: It's now money, baby.
1: Oh, it's always it's it's always filthy lucre. Filthy lucre. It has to be there to a certain extent, but uh, it's uh, you know I I I hate it to that extent, but but you know baseball come back. It's a sport that has amazed me in its constant ability to shoot themselves in the foot rather than take on their biggest problem: three hour games in which. Seventy-five percent of the time is either a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. Very little action on the field, uh, and, and there's no comment in negotiation about, you know, making infielders stay on the gra- on the, the the dirt.
0: No shifts and stuff.
1: No like shifts. That. Uh, you know, reducing the strike zone so more hitting. Uh, they're more worried about streaming rights. And NFTs, then they are the fans. And that's sad, but that's pretty much, unfortunately, the case of things.
0: But baseball is so big, I think they feel like there's no way they can fail. Like, they're not going to ever be threatened that way. But um, I would think that the baseball owners should be rich enough that they're not worried about making a huge profit. Just breaking even, being responsible is what they should be. But there's a sense now... That they want to make a certain amount of money and not indulge the players, like the control, like the NBA is controlled by the players. We all know that.
1: Right, Harden and Simmons just showed you that.
0: Yeah, and and it, I think this is the battle still with the uh, NF the Major League Baseball. For a while there, when we were younger, the the union was so strong, they they really sort of dictated to the owners. Now the owners have pushed back. They've been found guilty of a collusion at least a couple of times, but they pay their pay up and they keep on going. Um, and there's no radical owner that's breaking all the molds right now. Like a Steinbrenner. Um, well,
1: see, they, they prevented that because Mark Cuban tried to purchase the Cubs, the Rangers and the pirates at different times. And they knew if they got him in there, he would be the owner that would treat his players much, much better he would create an infrastructure that would be a threat to the rest of them. So they're, they're going to keep the boys' club pretty tight in that respect. You know, right. This is how short-sighted they are. One of the things they're negotiating for, or want, what they're using as negotiating ploy, ploy, is that the commissioner, within three years, could reduce the number of minor league players a team would have. They would have one minor league team. One minor league team. You've got hundreds of communities which have spent money to build stadiums for minor league teams. Two years ago, the major leagues took control of the minor league system, reduced the teams by a third. Now he wants to cut it down to one. Where are your young players going to come from?
0: Yeah. And so what? you know what's happened to those teams? They've joined independent leagues. Yeah. And said, you know, blankly, FU, Major League Baseball, we're going to do it on our own and they're doing okay.
1: But they don't understand that, you know, their idea is, well, with a single A team, we're going to get three players that'll do major league duty, at least be major league players. And they're going, what's well, a waste to play the other 27. Well, how are the other three going to learn to be a major league player unless they play against competition? And, you know, it's not always the guys are drafted high. Mike Piazza was the, I think, the 47th round when he was drafted. And they've cut the rounds too. And it's this short sightedness where they've become, they're treating it penny wise how much money. You've gotten all these West Wall Street investors that are running teams, like the Rays and the Dodgers and the Cubs, and they're looking at it as, as an asset and how to reduce costs on asset, than understanding that they have been and treasured with the national pastime. And you got a sport which is average fan is over the age of fifty. They're gonna be horse racing. They're gonna be boxing. They're gonna be an afterthought as a sport if they continue to do this.
0: Yeah, at the point is they think they can't fail. They just need to cut costs and the game will be okay. And and but Manford doesn't have any strength to do about it. so when I talk about baseball tanking it gets me so sort of sad because it's known so nostalgic to me uh football doesn't feel like this at all football feels alive interesting very like how great was football this year and how even were the games and uh, you know as we have talked about pete rosell would have loved this year because there were so much um consistency what word am i trying to think of ernest uh it,
1: it was uh parody parody uh, thank uh, you. parody parody Thank Like far you far. said,
0: you predicted it. When NFL got done, I'd go in a funk because I n- missed my football. It's like almost a fix.
1: Well, both of our basketball teams are mediocre. Mine will limp into the NCAAs. Yours could do a, you know, both of them get a run into the playoffs, but, but you know, I, they don't have a number one team in basketball. I mean, again, this year, there are so many teams and they all have flaws Duke has five first-round draft picks on the team, but they just don't mesh together. They don't play as a team. Uh, Gonzaga, you worry about them playing lesser competition, whether they'll be able to gel in tournament time. I like Purdue, but they play old-school basketball. They play post-play. And they've got a young wing that that's nice. Auburn, I can't root for Auburn. The coach has been suspended from the NCAA four <laughs> times. He's been run from four schools he was put on five-year probation and got a job at ESPN. He's just, he's just a jerk. And, you know, can't root for Kentucky or Kansas because they're just as seedy in that respect.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I mean, college basketball is just...
0: So what's it. the seediest college program in the country?
1: The seediest?
0: Yeah. The, the, the low lime scum that top. you can't stand.
1: Well, because, you know, when you give a coach contract and you state in the contract, even if the NCAA suspends him, he has a lifetime. Lifetime contracts scare me. There are two schools that have lifetime contracts. That if the school goes on probation, the coach keeps to keep his job, even if he's the cause of the probation. <laughs> that says
0: win at all costs, baby.
1: That's Auburn in Kansas. And it's sad to me because Kansas has always been you know, the, the epitome of class in college basketball, I mean that's 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 where it all started. That's you know, Naismith was their first basketball coach. You know, Fog Allen, and Dean Smith, and Larry Brown. I mean, it's just I hate to see it. You know, Kentucky's Kentucky, and and you know, that's that's. Uh, but I don't think there's underhanded with stuff going on at Auburn, and and again, the way the NCAA is right now, nobody's. Gonna,
0: yeah, nobody's shaking for the no, NCAA uh, right
1: now. Unless the FBI shows up and locks the coach away, I mean that's that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's I I hate it in that respect. Let's All talk right. about something up. All dude. right, then we're going to hey. end
0: with the entertainment. What you watch watching oh, okay. segment? What do you watch?
1: Ah, I'm I am watching uh Space Force the second season.
0: Oh, they have a second season out.
1: Yeah, it's it's not The Office, and he's not playing Michael Scott in space. But it's a cute little show, I know. It's it's. I've been watching Disenchantment. Uh, it's their fourth season, which uh, came from the same people who did The Simpsons. It's in the medieval times, and I've gotten into watching Cowboy Bebop, which is a anime live version, which has been a little fascinating. And and now let me here's here's the big spoiler. Okay, uh, there was two. Great cameos at the end of Peacemaker. You want to know who they were?
0: Tell me, tell me.
1: All right. The Flash and Aquaman show up.
0: Oh, from DC movies?
1: Yeah, the Justice League shows up at the last minute. Now, you see the shadows of Superman and Wonder Woman, but they actually engage and talk with the Flash and Aquaman. And it was out of left field as one of those great cameos. Now, it was very R-rated, <laughs> uh, because there's a running rumor through the show that, that uh, Aquaman does something to fish that we can't talk about. <laughs> but it was hilarious. It, it really was. But you know what we're all waiting for next, next Friday afternoon.
0: Next Friday afternoon is a big movie. It must be something you're waiting for. Batman. Oh, Robert Patterson.
1: Robert Patterson in the three hour Batman movie.
0: So you feel pumped up about this. You think he's going to pull it off, huh?
1: I, I do like some of the other movies that the director has done. Uh, I, I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I think Patterson can do uh, a better version. I like him in Tenet. He did a very good job in Tenet, And, uh, I I do like some of the supporting actors and I'm going to give him a chance. This is really based off of two classic Batman stories, the court of owls and Batman year two. And uh, like I said, I, I I'm giving it a chance. I was not, I kind of, I was mediocre on Affleck and Affleck. Uh, really I could now. not
0: I could not see Affleck. Every time I saw him well, as Batman I'm going, what the heck?
1: Well, see he had a hard act to follow up on, okay? Because Christian Bale was the, the, the he's the top level. Yeah, right?
0: Affleck just felt like ching 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 ching. Cuz you me. know
1: to me it's it's Bale. Then it's 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 Keaton. Michael Keaton and and then Kilmer and then George Clooney. <laughs> Clooney's last. Clooney actually makes fun of it.
0: He, yeah, he does.
1: George Clooney keeps a picture poster of him in Batman costume in his office. He says it keeps him humble. Yeah. He goes, "How I didn't kill the whole franchise is beyond him." I mean, <laughs> it, I like his sense of humor, but I, I, I'm gonna give it a chance here. I'm gonna see how it is. And, and, you know, this is the first, except for the old live action TV series with Frank Gorshin, this is the first time they take on the Riddler. Yeah. And the, the Joker has been the go-to villain in all the film franchises. And then the Penguin and Catwoman. But this is the first time they've, they've taken a crack And raws all Oh, Poison
0: Ivy or whatever. Yeah, or Poison
1: Ivy. Yep. This is the first time they've taken on Riddler. Paul Dano is, is one of those actors who does those kind of uncomfortable roles. Yes, uh, there shall were, be blood. Yes, two roles, played two parts, and there should be blood. But he's, he's one of those actors who plays kind of squirrely parts. So I'm, I'm, I got my hopes high. I hope I'm not dashed in that respect. But this is, this is the beginning. Superhero, big-scale big Hollywood movies. It starts with this one. And it's it should be a big year for movies. The 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 trailer for Jurassic World uh, Dominion came out, and it's got the old crew from the uh, the original movie, and it just it was you know it was nice to see Laura Dern and and uh, again uh, I got the uh, the New Zealand actor
0: Sam was, O'Neill.
1: Yeah. Oh oh yeah. He Sam
0: Neil, whatever his name is. Yeah.
1: Yes, he he. Looks like he hasn't aged a bit, but it's—I think it's a big year for movies. I yeah,
0: I, that sounds but good. All right, Ernest. Any
1: Academy Award real quick, like the Academy Award movies? Have you seen any of them?
0: Oh man, you bring this up at the last moment. Um,
1: we'll save it for next. I week. don't even
0: know who's got to nominate it. I have no clue.
1: You've probably seen some of the movies, just don't know it. I would tell you all, but three movies have been streamed.
0: Yeah, I am. <laughs> I don't know. Just tell me, man.
1: Uh oh well Dune. Um uh, Don't Look Up, which Aunt. is surprising to me. Uh the uh movie with um uh, uh Cumberbatch in the Western. Aunt. By the dog and all seen that. that. I haven't seen uh, any of those. Uh, um let me see. Dune.
0: Aunt. The see, Lucille
1: Ball movie on, on no, Amazon. See,
0: I've... I I've been working, man, working for okay. a living. Oh T V is good. Subtle, I, I subtle I, dig. Best thing, no, you've been working too, but um, best thing I've seen this last year has been Mandalorian Boba Fett. That just tells me, tells you where I'm at.
1: That's not up for Academy Award. Dire. Sorry,
0: sorry. Yeah. But. All right. I am looking forward to Batman. I agree with you. I think Patterson's going to be just fine. He's got that brooding look down really good and um, he doesn't come across phony to me. He He comes across as the real deal so i think brits sometimes do that kind of part really well so thanks ernest for helping me get talk about something besides healthcare and uh (laughs) countries invading other countries and uh, that i need to go wash my clothes and darn my socks or something like that so for ernest watts this is paul arnold once again you've listened to part of the confusion you made it to the end congratulations uh, you can email me at gobluearnold, and I'll share some of our wisdom. Or you can share some of our, your wisdom with me to make this a better podcast. So, thanks Duane for listening. Howard,
1: send your emails. You got plenty of time these days. <laughs> yeah.
0: And for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night.